right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Sally here. Got an interview coming up shortly with Tom Kim, formerly known uh, and presented as Ju Young Kim. Tom Kim is his American name, which we talk about. But if you go to the PGA Tour website now, you, it now shows up as Tom Kim. So he's gone through the process of uh, officially changing his name in the uh, in the golf ecosystem, if you will. We talk about President's Cup, coming out on tour, winning, turning pro at 15, all kinds of interesting things. Excited for uh, the golf world to get to know Tom Kim a little bit better. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach and official fitness wearable of the PGA and LPGA tours. We are here in Cincinnati at the LPGA event this week, the Queen City Kroger Classic, something along those lines. I probably screwed up the name. The guys at lunch today were actually talking about how DJ is using the new uh, smart alarm on the all-new Whoop 4.0. It basically tells you like when you once you've reached the green, anytime around that 730 number that I think he puts in, it'll wake you up at 702 or whatever that is. It'll probably try to wake you up in the proper sleep cycle or all kinds of things, all kinds of ways that it's measuring your body's activity that you can't measure yourself. It is smaller, smarter, designed with biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. It makes sure you wake up feeling refreshed, ready to take on the day. New users can use code NLU15 at checkout uh, at whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com. Enter NLU15 at checkout to save 15%. Without any further delay, here is Tom Kim. All right, so the name Tom, that story's out there, but for those that don't know, why do you go by Tom Kim, and, and uh, how official are you making that now? Yeah, it's, um, it actually is a, it, it's bigger than I thought it was going to be. It came from Thomas the Train. You know, my first, actually, it, was, it wasn't Tom before, it was Thomas, and then it came from Thomas the Train for my love of the show, and I, as I got older, a lot of guys started calling me Tom, so it just kind of shortened away, but that's where it kind of came from. Well, what is what is your your background, right? I mean, you've you kind of burst onto the golf scene, at least for American golf fans. This has all happened very quickly for you, you coming onto this scene. So, what is your background? What kind of you know? By my count, you turned pro at age fifteen. Is that right? I mean, that is that's not normal from where we come from. Is that is that more normal in your world? Um, yes, back in Asia, is like you see a lot of guys turn pro early just because we don't have the college route like like you guys do in the U.S. So. For me, it just kind of made sense. You know, I never thought about myself playing college golf, so I wanted to turn pro early and just kind of get a head start, I guess, because I feel like the first couple of years being pro um, and for me to not jump straight to the PGA Tour and just kind of start in the other tours, working myself way up it has prepared me for my life on the PGA Tour. So, um, yes, 15 was was the age. What's it like playing pro golf at age 15? I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was playing high school golf. I don't think I'd made varsity yet at that point when I was 15 years old. Oh, yeah, it's um, it's funny. Like, you, you play with guys who are like 25, 30, and then they ask how old you are, and you're like 15. They're, you know, they always laugh. And But it's funny. From, so for some reason, when I was 15, I still felt like I was, I belonged out there and never felt young. That's, that's, the, that's the big thing. I never thought of myself as, I'm a 15 year old, like, wow. No, I never thought about myself. I just thought I'm here to play golf tournament. You know, I'm, I'm ready to learn and, you know, just kind of get things going. So, you know, being, I feel, but like I said, I feel like a lot of guys should turn pro a lot younger than they should older. Um, but I understand the route is different, but I feel like that's turning pro 15 was probably the best thing that has ever happened to me. 
This this next part's always difficult because you know you don't uh, there's not much of a reward for being for having hubris or overconfidence publicly in golf or in sports in general. Yet at the same time, internally, you need to channel a certain level of confidence to be able to compete at any level. So, when did you know you were as good as you are? When did you know you could compete at the highest level of professional golf? I'm giving you an invite to brag on yourself here. So go ahead, go ahead. But internally, you know, how, when did you know? You're not going to like this answer, but to be honest, I still don't feel like, like, I don't think I'm ready yet. Like I'm just like, you know, I'm still trying to learn. Like I'm only, I'm only 20 and these guys have so much more experience and they are so much better than me yet. You know, I've, I've won once on the PGA tour and it's been life changing. Yes. It's been a great experience, but how can I make this and keep on going and have a better career? And I don't want to be like a kid who had a great start of his career and kind of faded away. I want to, I want to contend for major championships. I want to play in the best you know, the best field in the world. And just to answer your question, no, I do not feel like I'm ready. You know, I, I have so much to learn. And it's just started this year. I, all the guys that I'm playing with now, I've looked up to them for, you know, for all my life. So for me to be able to have the chance to play in the same field as them and for me to have a chance to learn and look at their stats, because obviously being playing on the PGA Tour, the stats are unbelievable. So, you know, so I'm just, I'm just trying to learn and trying to get better every day. And Hopefully, hopefully one day, you know, maybe in the future, if we do another podcast, like I, I can tell you, I, I'm ready now. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I'm going to flip this. I'm going to flip this on you then, because all right, if you don't feel like you're ready, you're in contention of a PGA Tour event on a Sunday and you go out in 27 on a Sunday, right? First of all, how are you not convincing yourself you're ready at that point? But that that must mean you got to be internally freaking out nerve wise. That doesn't permeate on TV. We don't see that on TV if you are, but tell me you were at least nervous if that was the case. Oh, it was, I was shaking my, my boots off. Like it was, okay. it was, yeah, it was, uh, I couldn't really take my putter back. Like it was like front nine, like I putted great. And obviously like it's been, it's happening so fast. You don't really realize it. But once I got to the 10th hole and I bogeyed the 10th hole, I, I started to feel a little bit like a little bit nervous, I would say, just because I have a back nine that I can kind of realize my dream kind of feeling, but it never got to my head. But once I had a good, like I had a hard bogey, it could have been a great par, but I had a hard bogey and I played 11. I told myself 10, 11, 12, if I can get through that pretty easy, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to catch me because I had, I think I had a four shot lead going to the back nine. I'm not really sure, but for some reason I felt so calm and I just stayed in the moment. You know, I just felt like for some reason that week, I just felt so patient with myself. We had a lot of rain delays and for some reason, I just felt like something special was going to happen that weekend. Uh, for some reason, I, I took it all in on the 18th hole and um, that's when I kind of really let, let loose of my emotions. Is it a coincidence at all that the week after you secure your PGA Tour membership, you end up winning? Like, is there, you know, are you stressing, stressing, stressing to get the status? And then did you feel a lot more freed up when you got to Wyndham? 100%. Like, I told myself I'm just going to enjoy the week. You know, I was really looking forward to just having a decent week. And I was going to go home the next week on the Thursday of the, the first playoff event. And that's why I had such a good attitude after I think I had that quadruple bogey on the first solo was, all right, I started with an eight, um, probably what, 15 shots back or something, but just let's enjoy it. Let's have a good, let's try to make the cut and let's leave a PG tour status, a great year after screening my card. Let's have a great off season and get ready for the fall. But, you know, for some reason I, 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 on the, on the 72nd hole, I, I had a putt to win. So 
It was it was crazy. <laughs> well, that I, was it. Seven weeks in a row. Then you had to play, which I imagine is n- never anything you're gonna put you're gonna plan for. I mean, what what, what was it? What's it like competing at the end of a seven week stretch? It's it wasn't that bad. I think the biggest thing was winning and then having the adrenaline dump. And Memphis was okay, but at the BMW, I just could feel like I was leaking gas and didn't have much in the tank. Just mentally, I wasn't. I, I was always trying I was always trying my best but I wasn't always 100% there you know just making small mistakes out of small mistakes not getting momentum so I could definitely feel I didn't really have my best and it would have been great if I made the tour championship it would have just been an unbelievable season but it didn't happen for me but there's definitely no negatives there what is the coolest thing though the biggest reward that comes you know from a win like this is it you know the the seven figure check is it exemptions into majors is it a two year exemption on the PGA tour the playoff berth what what's the most the thing you were most excited about on that night probably just being able to play out here full time now i think i didn't even really i don't i still i still to this day i haven't checked of how much i earned my check for that week and how much i've earned this this year it's just been the biggest reward was just not worrying about when am I, where am I going to play next? And um, being on a lot of different tours, the, the goal was always, how can I get to the PGA Tour? And now I don't need to really worry about for, obviously, until my until the two years of my exemption, I don't need to worry about oh, where am I going to play next? You know, how can I get to the PGA Tour? That worries, that was the biggest thing for me. Have you thought about at all that you're going to be playing in the Masters here in a few I months? Have, I have. I um, I talked to uh, my captain, Trevor Woman, and he was like, you got to go sink it all in first and go go early and you know, have a practice round, sink it all in. So I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. When did President's Cup get on your radar? When did you start thinking about that? And when did you, uh, yeah, when, when did that, you know, realistically enter the picture for you? I mean, it's always been a goal of mine ever since I started golf, but I think it really felt like it could happen. I think after the Scottish, after that third place, I really jumped into standings and I felt like a couple of good weeks, maybe I can get a captain's pick. I really didn't think I could, I could get there automatically, but I think after Scottish was, it really cleared my mind and said, I can really make this happen. What kind of an impact, I guess, from an international perspective, you know, in the United States, it's been, we have the Ryder cup and the president's cup has not been a really close competition for the, you know, for the part that I've covered golf, but I, I'm curious what kind of an impact, you know, I think the president's cup serves a different purpose, right. That you may be able to speak to in terms of the international impact that it potentially has. I'm curious, you know, how long that has been a goal of yours or kind of growing up what the president's cup may be meant to you. I mean, it's the only team event where we're allowed to play outside of, out of, outside of the Zurich event. And for all the events we play in, we always try to beat each other. And for the first time, we're going to be on the same team and we're going to want the other guy to play well and uh, and support and fist bump if he makes a putt because that never happens in individual golf. You know what I mean? So it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really interesting. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot. You know, I asked a lot of veterans like Adam Scott and those guys about the event and just asking those guys, okay, what's the preparation? What's the mental like um, out of these events? And I've learned a lot and hopefully I'll, I'll get my game in, in shape and I can contribute to the team. Do you remember much about the 2015 President's Cup in Korea? And did that have much of an impact, you think, on Korean golf? I think it did. I mean, it, it, obviously how big the President's Cup is for it to happen in Asia is 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 going to be really big. And I feel like with this year with, this year, with having – you know, some Korean players in, it's, it can impact a lot of people in Asia. And I want a lot of people to look at the PGA Tour and not only look at the PGA Tour events, but look at events like the President's Cup and for, to inspire other people. And I feel like with this team and with this year, with everything that's happened with this year in golf, 
it can inspire a lot of guys and turn, you know, turn the vision away to come to the PGA Tour instead. Well, we kind of jumped right into everything that's happened recently in your life, but let's go way back. How do you how do you end up a, a winner on the PGA Tour at age twenty? It doesn't happen overnight. So, how did you get into golf? Where did you grow up? You know, obviously, a, a, the listeners are, are quite aware of how good your English is. So, give us an idea of kind of what what your path to uh, this potential stardom, if I may say, has been like. So, I was born in Korea, and then I lived in China for a couple of years, and then I went to Australia for seven years, and lived in the Philippines for six years. And once I wanted to turn pro, because I was playing on the Asian tour at that time, I moved to Thailand because that was the best place to travel. And it was the most convenient. So that was throughout there before COVID. And once COVID hit, I had, the, I had the opportunity to move to my hometown for the first time in my life, which was Korea. And I was, I was there up until now. I've been home two weeks this year. It's been a crazy run. And I, I have to switch residency to the U.S., so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I play, you know, I start, I, so I turned pro at 15, and you, have, you think you have to be 16 to play on the Asian Tour or to go to Q school or something. So I started on the old Thailand Golf Tour. You know, it's a Thai, Thailand Pro Golf Association. And then once I was old enough, my birthday passed, I took, went to Asian Tour Q school. I missed it, had to play the Asian Development Tour for – half of the year, I think. And then I won three times that year, got me temporary exemption to the season of the Asian tour. And I won on my, I won an Asian tour event on my second start as, as a temporary member. It's kind of similar to what happened on the PJ tour. So after that COVID hit, couldn't really do anything. Asian tour didn't start, didn't have status anywhere. 2020, I had a few exemptions on the PJ tour, great experience. And then 2021 played Korean tour full-time. And then my goal was to try to come out and to the Cornfield Q school. I missed it on the second stage by one and went back to Korea, you know, won the Korean order of merit and then Asian tour started again. And I was, I was able to win the Asian tour of merit that got me exemptions like the U S open, you know, got into British open stuff like that. So it's been a crazy run and started this year, you know, 2022 didn't have any status except for the Asian tour. And obviously talking to the team, okay. The goals were, to make Corn Ferry Tour Q School, play Corn Ferry next year, but we took a huge, you know, a big curve around it and got special temporary membership. Won on my second start on the BJ Tour as a, as a, you know, as a temporary member. So it's been a crazy road, man. It's, you know, a lot of people think, obviously me not playing the U.S. a lot, they might think, oh, this guy just popped up. But it's, uh, it's been a definitely a long road for me since I was 15. A lot of things, different things have happened in my life and it's been a journey. Somehow you're a journeyman at age 20. I mean, that is, that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, what, uh, what was, I uh, guess, the reasoning behind, why did you move so around so much as a kid? And is that family related or is that golf related? Well, I moved to Australia because my parents wanted me to learn English, me and my brother to learn English. And once we've spent a lot of time there and I, we learned English, we went to the Philippines just because Asia, uh, Australia was getting a little, a little expensive. And then we knew people in the Philippines. So we moved there and that's where I kind of actually really picked up more golf, as I'd say, because it was it was more cheaper and I had more time. And once I started to play golf, I was I started to get homeschooled and living there was probably the start of me turning pro and going moving to Thailand and develop my game in the Asian tour and kind of prepare me for 
know, where we are now. So I, I may have heard some stories about some of this, so I might be leading you down the path uh, when it comes to this. But what, what ha- after you become a winner on the PGA Tour, what happens? Is that, do tour officials come to you and say, you know, here's how, you know, here's things we can do for you. Here's kind of how things go now that you're a tour winner, blah, blah, blah. I'm curious what, uh, what what's happened since the win. I think the biggest thing was probably the next week in Memphis was a lot of players came up to came up to me congratulating like likes of Colin, um, John Rahm. Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, you know, JT and like guys who I've idolized since I've, since I can remember. And, you know, for them to just come up and say congratulations for how much they have accomplished is just, it was mind blowing. You know, I was, you know, I, that's, I think was the biggest like cherry on top for me on the win instead of the trophy and whatever it is and the status and everything that was for me was the biggest kind of thing I felt in my heart where, man, I've, I, I kind of did something special here. A quick break to check in with our friends here at Rapsodo. If you have not checked out the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor, it is the number one rated personal launch monitor on the market today. I've been using this thing for a couple years now. It features incredibly precise measurements, remarkable accuracy, data-rich visuals. My favorite is, of course, the chart that shows every shot you hit in your range session. It's got new performance combines. It is the mobile launch monitor to help the grinders, the range rats, the golf junkies get better by delivering more insights and structure to every practice session. The mobile launch monitor ensures that every golf ball is tracked and is incredibly accurate. It gives you shot tracing on every swing. The visual charts give you a better understanding of your consistency, accuracy, and length, and the pro-level data and metrics provide measurable and actionable feedback to make practice sessions smarter, more structured, and more focused towards improvement. Practice with a purpose every time you hit the range. Better practice means better scores, means better golf. So get the launch monitor every golfer needs. The mobile launch monitor from Rapsodo, the official launch monitor of No Laying Up. Go to rapsodo.com slash NLU and use promo code NLU for $100 off the MLM right now. Rapsodo is also offering a Rapsodo is also offering a $30 off bundle discount for the MLM and their premium subscription. So NLU listeners have the opportunity to save over $300 total with the purchase of the bundle package so again rapsoto.com slash nlu promo code nlu for 130 dollars off the mobile launch monitor has there been a um a holy crap moment in you know in your pga tour or you know your major championships that you've played in to say like oh my gosh there's so and so next to me on the range or oh my gosh i'm playing with this person right now have you had any of those moments along the way i think it was probably this year the british i just finished my first round and i was just kind of practicing, you know, just kind of getting that, you know, after the round work. And for some reason, Tiger just comes and chooses, just come and plays next to me. And, you know, uh, it was kind of special for some reason where he, like with the way he's been, you know, the way he dealt with the open and for him to warm up kind of next to me when for me it was, it was an after work round and just kind of have him next to me. And the crowd is actually pretty wild with that. You know, they they shout whenever the back lands and where, where, he's, where he's going to decide to hit. So for him to come up next to me, I'm pretty sure he doesn't even know who I am. But for me, uh, as a fan, for him to do that was was special. I'm sure he knows who you are. He definitely will as of uh, as of here in a couple of weeks at, at Quail Hollow. But Hopefully. for those that aren't familiar and haven't got to watch you play a lot of your game, you know, just kind of going off stats here, you, you, would be, you would be top five on the PGA Tour in accuracy off the tee if you had enough rounds to qualify. Um, about middle of the road when it comes to driving distance, but has has your game always been that way? Have you kind of uh, you know how would you describe your game? It's very so in America in the PGA Tour, it's very different from what we have back in Asia. So Asia is a lot more strategy and kind of position golf where it's not 
that long and more in the PGA tour, you got a little bit of wide golf courses and not OB every time you miss the fairway, stuff like that. So it's been a very, so I, I've been able to create a lot of speed and people don't know about this, but I, I chip my driver a lot on the golf course. So you get, you get a quail hollow and it's wide. That's when I can kind of rip at it. And a lot of people don't know this, but I can kind of get 180 ball speed if I can. Um, but on average on tour, I probably get what 165, 166. So it's definitely a huge difference, but I just haven't had the comfortability to kind of just swing more freely because I'm so used to position golf and I probably won't change like, like that all of a sudden. So my, my game is more of, I'd rather be on the fairway and have a seven iron in because I'm confident with hitting my seven, six, five irons close instead of having a pitching wedge in the rough. Like I've always scored better being on the fairway and it's a lot of stress-free. So I have to get better at that for me in a driver's standpoint, if I can just get 175 comfortably, you know, that would make major championships like long golf courses, like Torrey Pines and those golf courses more easy. So I definitely have a lot of work to do. And, um, but accuracy wise, I'm well aware that I'm up there. So hopefully I can just get 20, 30 yards more and then we'll be set to go. Well, I was going to say, you look at it and it's, you know, you can see you're gaining strokes off the tee pretty much at every level you've been at, despite not being one of the longest ones. That's what, so if you, you know, I think people can get kind of caught up in thinking long rules over everything, but there's different ways. We've talked to Joel Damon about this too. He's not a long hitter, but he always gains off the tee because he can hit driver in places that other guys don't hit drivers and he just hits a lot more fairways. So there is basically, you just don't want to be medium, medium length and medium accuracy. That's Correct. a tough combination. You'd rather right, be long, you either want to be long, medium or medium length, high accuracy. Right. And it seems right. like you, you, yeah, you, it seems like you're aware of what, what works for you. And it's, I was talking with Tony Fino about this actually at the BMW about how he has been always just blessed with length and how it's always been and and, and accuracy has been the, uh, the luxury for him. So he doesn't feel the need to ramp things up because, uh, you know, he, he can get to whatever he wants to get to. And, uh, I just found that interesting because I feel like so many things have gotten pushed towards bomb it, bomb it, bomb it. But it's interesting to hear, hear you have the perspective on, uh, on how you would play it. Yeah. I mean, you see the likes of Tony, like, you know, he's, he's a really, really good player and he's had a great season. And yeah, for, for someone like him who hits it really far and hits it really straight, it's for guys like us, we need to find an edge to kind of get over them. So it's, but I mean, it's, everyone's different. And um, you see Colin, I, I played with Colin at Memphis and just seeing the way he's not like Bryson or Rory, those guys, but he's, he's a phenomenal ball striker and has unbelievable, unbelievable short games. So everyone's different. And you just got to find a way to kind of put the ball in the hole first. I'm going to keep picking on this, uh, this whole, I'm not ready for this yet because I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to go back to it and say like, all right, if you're not, then what needs to improve? What, when you got out there on the PGA tour to compete, what did you have a thing to say? Like, Ooh, my blah, blah, blah is not as good as the rest of these guys. I need to go get in the lab and work on that. Other than skill wise. I think it's a lot of it is just more in the brain kind of thing, more mental. Um, I gotta be, I gotta be more comfortable. I gotta be more, I gotta have more experience playing in major championships. You know, I gotta know the courses more and it's more like that. I feel like skill point wise, I feel like I'm, I'm getting, getting really close um, because I do have a little good accuracy, but just like getting where scoring more better in part fives or like making, making one or two less bogeys for the week, just very, very small things. And I feel like that could come from experience of, not knowing the golf courses as well as these guys. Um, so I feel like experience and just mentally just getting better. And because I remember Rory saying this, like if you're mentally really, really good and your game's kind of shaky, you're going to have a good week. But 
if your game's there and you're you're mentally not there, like it's just not going to happen. So I just feel like mentally I got to get better and physically I got to get better. Um, just just all little things, experience wise, physical wise, and mental wise. So uh, that's just I feel like comes from just playing a lot of golf on the PGA Tour and getting used to it and and uh, bugging the guys for advice. So. Well, it's tricky now. You also have a two-year runway, right, to kind of, I don't want to say experiment, like a lot of guys have fallen into that trap too, I think, where they start to tinker really when they get a lot of runway out in front of them. So finding that balance of like, here's what I need to improve on versus, you know, here's now I have some time to to work on some things has got to be a challenge, I would imagine. Yeah, I do have a two-year exemption, but I, I like to treat it as I don't have an exemption, you know. I feel like that comes with comfortability. You know, I do not want to be comfortable. You know, I want to feel, I, I, to be honest, I feel more uncomfortable right now because I want to have a better season than I did this year. So I'm, you know, just not being satisfied with what I had that last year. And a lot of guys have played a lot better golf than I have over the years. So I, I have a lot to catch up. You know, JT has won many, many times. Tiger has won so many times than the rest of us. So there's, there's a never ending, never ending result. So I just got to keep getting better and um, just not get too comfortable. You mentioned some things about Morikawa there, but I'm wondering if there's anyone else you got paired with or played with this year or saw different skills on display at this level that you just have not seen at any other level. Any other specific skills for specific people that stick out in that regard? I played with Rory at the BMW at a practice round. Just no one will be able to drive it as well as he does, I think. I think it's, it's just it's incredible. <laughs> he's just a different human being with his size and played with John on Saturday, John Ron on Saturday at Memphis and Again, he's, he hits it really long and really, really straight, and he chips it amazing. He puts it amazing. So there's really no weaknesses in these guys' in these guys' games. So, um, but again, like I feel I can't be like I gotta do something special to be against these guys. I just gotta do my own thing and just try to figure out a way. How can I save one or two strokes? So, um, you know, I'm never gonna be able to hit, hit the driver like Rory. I'm never gonna be able to hit it 330 high in the air like I could. But I'm gonna need to do a lot of changes. So um, just get better, just get better, get longer. Let's say, just let's say a, a yard or two, you know, gradually, not like 30 yards longer in a one month span. Just gradually get better at everything, and I feel like that's gonna be that's gonna last longer than try to hit, you know, try to get fast really, really soon. So. I got a great kick, I got to say, out of the, the video the PGA Tour did where it uh, one of the things you mentioned was when you come to the States, your your diet changes oh, a little gosh. bit. <laughs> Tell oh, us about gosh. that. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. Um, that, was, that was a few years ago. I can't believe I said that on TV or whatever it was. I, I hate how they still use it. Like it's because it's, it's not me anymore. I don't I don't go fast food anymore. I've changed my diet and stuff. So I've lost a lot of weight this year because of that. And yeah, I hope they take that down. Like it's it's embarrassing of how much ba- how bad I eat. <laughs> but I, see, I didn't view it that way. I was like, oh, oh. he's young. He's young. He'll mm-hmm. learn eventually. Like I could do that when I was eighteen or whatever. You filmed that, and and you're but it starts to catch up with you as you get older. But when you're young, it just doesn't affect you nearly the same way. So I got a great kick out of it. I thought it was <laughs> really funny. I mean, you're nice what? enough to do that. If you're a critic, you'd be like, yeah, this guy's done. Like. So. <laughs> Forever to to all the critics out there, yeah, I, I've, I'm not eating that way anymore, so you don't need to worry about it. <laughs> For those that haven't seen it, it was I think it was Panda Express, Chipotle, uh, or uh, uh, I forget what else was in there. It was In and Out, Chick Fil A, Del Taco, Taco Bell, I think, Chipotle, Panda Express, 
just all the fast food chains. Yeah. So tell me about the change then. When, when did you start to realize that you needed to change things and why, why is that? I think it was the end of last year. For some reason, it just popped into my head that I wanted to be, I wanted to feel better when I woke up in the morning and to get better, you know, at, at the little things, I feel like your body, we play golf with, with our bodies, not our minds. So obviously the, the brain part comes into play, but most like your body has to move really well. Your body has to recover really well. So for some reason, I just cut out a lot of stuff this year. You know, I'm not having added sugar products anymore. I might reward myself sometimes. Or I told myself if I win, I don't drink or do anything like that. So that's my reward of having an ice cream or maybe, you know, going to a really high calorie Mexican place and having a burrito or something. So that's my reward. And I, I just, I just told myself like, this is what we're going to do this year and just have a better lifestyle because with the, you know, added sugar does a lot of bad things to you. So, and uh, I wanted to look better. Uh, I want to, I wanted to feel more confident in myself. So just for some reason, it just popped into my head and it's been working really well. So I think uh, it's going to be like, you don't, you don't see Rory or Tiger eating at, at a tournament week. You don't see them eating fast food stuff. So, and they've had, you know, they're the best, they're one of the best players in the world. So there's a reason why I feel like the best are the best. How has it helped you? Is it, uh, you know, do you feel like more energetic? Do you feel more strength? Do you just feel more confidence in yourself? I, I go through ups and downs with my diet. I'm on a downturn right now. It's not been very good lately. A lot of the things you described there sounded really good to me as you said that. But, you know, there's something too when you when you take a little bit better care about, you know, you feel better when you wake up, exactly what you said. So I'm curious how it's helped you. I feel like just the long stretches and actually I felt it like under pressure, not getting too getting too intense, being more calm. I feel like your, your heart rate just kind of goes into a similar pattern and not having the blood sugars go up and down. I feel like that was the biggest thing and not having a lot of mood swings, having more concentration, stuff like that. To be honest, after BMW, I told myself I'll have three days to a week of just eating so bad. And I have been, so I've gained a few pounds, but um, just, just, you know, it was a reward. I, you know, I went, I went to in and out as a celebration. That was pretty nice. And I've had, a few scoops of ice cream, but um, we're back on the train to having a better diet. So, and you can really tell the difference. Like I haven't had anything the whole year and just a few days of that, I could really tell that my concentration, my energy level goes way down. So it's mm. just, uh, just gives me proof again, that why you need to eat healthy. Well, and it's wild too. If you, if you're on a streak of eating unhealthy, like it tastes and hits really good on the fifth or sixth day. Yet, if you're on a streak of eating healthy, when you go to have the greasy meal, it doesn't hit very good. Like, it just is like, ah, my body doesn't crave this nearly as much when I've been on a good streak. It's just maintaining it is hard through different times. And tra and when you guys travel, with as much as you guys travel, it's not always the easiest to find like a healthy smoothie or salad or the right things to eat. And I'm always curious as to how you guys find that balance. You know, you're not quite, you're not quite traveling with a chef every week yet. Right. It's, but it, well, for me, uh, definitely not, you know, I'm not, I'm not up there yet. So, <laughs> you know, guys like tiger and those guys, they, that's why I feel like they play so good is because they have the comfortability to do that. I'm not, I'm nowhere near their level yet. So hopefully I can, play better and um that'd be fun you know have a personal chef to cook for you that'd be great <laughs> so what have the conversations around the president's cup been like so far to this point are you guys talking about pairings what are you are you guys all on a group text I'm, I'm curious it's it's right around the corner we're recording this on august 31st and it's going to air next week i know but what at, at of this point what uh what's the status of the team and, and what the communication's been like it's been great. We're this year, obviously, with a couple of guys going to live. I think we're going to have a lot more rookies this year. 
we have we have a longtime veteran Adam Scott. I think it's going to be his tenth Presidents Cup. Hmm. So we have a really, really, really strong veteran and a lot of young, fresh, hungry guys who want to win. And obviously, you know, with the news saying it's you know the teams, it's obviously the U.S. team is very, very strong. But I feel like for us, we can we can use it as a motivation to kind of change history and stuff. With the rookies, I feel like we come in together and we're more hungry. And we're, if we have a good camaraderie and come together as a team, have good, you know, because all all it is is you got to put the ball in the hole first. You know, that's all you got to do. It's not it's not science. You know, if we just come together as a team, you know, uh, I feel like we have a really good chance, and our team is our team is looking good. Any hints as to who you might potentially be paired with for for any? I actually have no idea. Like really? we've been, yeah, we've been talking a lot of different things, and we have like. I think it's up to the captain. Obviously, it doesn't matter who I want to play with. It's up to him. Looks at the data. Okay, I think this this is going to be better. So, whoever it is, you know, it's going to be pretty good. You know, we we are we are pretty similar to the game. So, it's uh it's going to be interesting. What's it been like to see you know teammates to be of yours in this past week announce that they're going to forego the Presidents Cup to go uh, start with Live again? They're about to play Live Boston as we're recording this. Um, is that something that you've been expecting again? I don't know when this started, you started even thinking about this, but, uh, you know, what, what's the sentiment in the team room about, uh, some of the uh, more recent, uh, people that have left? Um, we're just more focused on how can we get this done instead of, we're not really, to be honest, we're not really negative about it. It's their decision. Um, so, we're, you know, we're, we're young and, you know, I feel like it's, it's, you know, we're, we're just trying to take it into a positive thing. We're not, we're not negative about it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they can have a good career as well, but mostly we're all, we're more focused on how can we win this thing and how can we do as a job as a team? So we're not, we're not really negative about it. What has Trevor Emmelman been like? I know he's, I know he's a listener. I know as soon as he sees your name pop up here, I'm going to get a text message from him. I'm sure. So you better say nice things because he is going to be listening, but uh, what what's his role been like as captain so far? He's the best, you know, it's, uh, it's an incredible honor for me to, be able to represent him and my first president cup for him to be as my captain. So it's been, it's going to be, it's an, it's an honor and, you know, hopefully I can just do my part. You know, he's been, he's been working his tails off. So hopefully we can all as, as an individual player come into a place where we can reward him as we can reward with good play and some points on the board. So hopefully, um, he, you know, hopefully we'll be able to put some spray, some water, a great Gatorade on, on Sunday. So it's going to be fun. And hopefully, you know, we're, we're, we're able to do our part. I'm going to do a hypothetical situation. Let's say the first session is foursomes, and let's say you are going out in the first session. Do you want the first tee shot, or do you want your teammate to go ahead and have the first tee shot with the stadium? Whatever it is, whatever <laughs> it is. I am so pumped, and as a young guy, you know, uh, I'm going to do everything I can to bring energy and to bring just more positive energy to the team, and it's going to be really fun. I hope the whole world can watch me make some putts and make some fist bumps. Cause I'm, I'm ready to celebrate if a puck goes in. So <laughs> the U.S. team looks forward to that. <laughs> what, uh, who were your big influences growing up, you know, watching golf on TV and in the professional game, I think we could probably guess who one, one of them likely is, but I'm curious if you have any others that were big influences that may not be as obvious. Tiger is always going to be the number one. I mean, for majority of the people, but just to be honest, like all the guys on tour, I've, I'm a golf nerd. So I, looked at all the stats i've looked at all the performances and all the 125 guys who have been here before me are just all the people who i I look up to because you know i've been a pg to remember for not a very long time you know it's been it's been one or two months so it hasn't been the longest so just all the guys in general i I wouldn't say exactly who because everyone has their own 
specialty. So just just all the guys are at the top who I just, you know, I look all, I look up to all of them. Well, it's funny because around the time I was 13, 14 was when Tiger went, you know, just nuclear parabolic mm-hmm. winning all those in, in 99, 2000, 2001. That was, you know, when I was most impressionable, I would say. And you, it looks like, but if I'm doing the math right, that have been, you'd have been around that age when Rory was going nuts and winning, you know, four, four majors in four years. And I, and just curious mm-hmm. as to, you know, how, uh, how, how influential, how it is to be competing with and against and playing practice rounds with guys that, you know, you were probably watching on TV at a, at a young age. I'm curious if that is, uh, if that's really hit you yet. Yeah. Rory was, it's definitely probably at that, at that age where it's, I have more interest in golf and that's when he really, you know, took on the tiger out and everyone was like, this is the next tiger kind of thing. Um, and, but for some reason when tigers peak, when he had, when he won nine, 10 tournaments a year, I don't, I was just, it was around that time I was, I was, I was born, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's, it's definitely a different type of era, but like, yeah, definitely Rory has always been up there and me being a kid watching TV, him winning major championships, all these events, he's definitely been more of a tiger vision for people in the two thousands. I feel like, um, and yeah, for, for exactly like in Memphis, when he came up to me, congratulated me, that was, that was a, that was a mind blowing moment, you know, uh, for someone like him to, even just saying my name is was an honor. So uh, it's it's definitely special. What I know again, you just had mentioned you just became a a tour member within the last couple of months. But I'm curious as to a lot of news has happened lately with the PGA Tour and some potential changes that are that are coming down the road. Some actual changes that are coming very quickly down the road. Any thoughts to the potential new structure of having elevated events? Uh, have you given that any thought, or is it uh, is is it way above your pay grade? I'm just looking forward to even just playing on the PGA Tour. I don't care how much, whether it's for $50 million or for $100,000, I have no interest. I'm just happy to be out here and play and hit Pro V's on the range and, you know, go to, <laughs> you know, have some, you know, have some good food at the Players' Lounge, and that, that's all I care about. So um, I'm, just, I'm just happy to be out here. If you play for a hundred million, you could buy your own Pro Vs to put to hit on the range too, if you, if you want to. So yeah, but the manufacturer does does a great job on that, so I don't need to worry about that. Thankfully. So what do what does your schedule look like then for next year? Is it you know usually rookies and and younger players are are you know playing any event they can get in? Now you have a little bit of luxury both with your world ranking and being a tour winner. Have you gone ahead and set a schedule for next year? Do you plan to play a lot, medium amount, not much? What's what's your what's it look what's your outlook? I'm going to try and play as much as I can next year just because being I'm so new to the tour that I haven't played a lot of golf courses that these guys have played. So I don't really know what I'm getting myself into. So I feel like using this first year and trying to play as much as I can. And Sung Jay actually, and I'm, I'm close buddies with him and he told me about his first year and, and how many events he's played. And it's been amazing. But, and I was like, how could you possibly play that many events? And he was like, well, if you see the schedule, it's really hard to miss one event because you know, like you feel like as a rookie, you want to play as much as you can because it's all the events you've dreamed of playing. And I was like, there's no way, you know, I'll probably play three, four weeks in a row max and take a week off or something. But I looked at the schedule and I was like, yeah, you can't miss a single event. Like, you know, what are you going to miss? You know, I, I would love to play Waste Management, the Genesis Invitational, the players, Arnold Palmer. Like, I can't miss these. And I can't miss the other ones because I've known all these events ever since I've been able to read. So 
Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing a lot of golf next year. And um, it's hopefully I can make a joke where I might beat Sungjae's record. But um, I was going to say the Sungjae <laughs> model is not what you need to be following. I don't know how he does it, man. I mean, you, like I said, you just came off this crazy stretch. Like, how does he do it every week? I mean, at a certain point, that has to change, right? I think it comes from just being grateful to be out here instead of um, I think that was something that I felt like was one of the reasons was just being grateful to play on the PGA Tour. And if you're grateful of that, then you would want to participate in all the events that um, you can play. And I've had few exemptions on tour. And um, the main goal is to try and play all those events because I feel like it's just being thankful for the opportunity to play and give me experience. So I'm looking forward to filling that schedule and make sure I play towards that schedule. So, um, you know, if all, all the tournament directors are listening, you know, just want to say thank you so much for that <laughs> exemption. So you are well polished. Give us an idea of, we don't know Sungjae very well, right? He doesn't do uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like speak in English to a lot of the American audience and we don't, haven't got a chance to really get to know him. Well, if you know him well, what, what can you tell us about Sungjae that we maybe don't know? He's, he's pretty fun to be around. He's only a few years older than me. And obviously on tour, you don't, I don't really have a lot of guys around my age and for him to be Korean. And, you know, when I first came out on tour, I spent a lot of time with him. So he's, he's really funny to be around. Um, he, he does a lot of jokes, you know, he makes fun of me sometimes. Um, so he's pretty cool. Um, it would have been great. I feel like as, as a, as a Korean who speaks English, it would have been great if, for him if he spoke a lot more and the American fans get to get to know him, but um, he's, he's pretty cool. Oh, that's a and that's an unbelievable challenge, really. I mean, it's it's something that I, I you know we we try to point out whenever we can. Even you know the players that have are clearly working on it and and working on doing interviews in English when it's not your first language. It's it's a huge burden, and it's a, a most almost all Americans, myself included, don't speak a second language, and uh, the, you can speak to it. The two languages are not similar, and it's not easy to learn unless you dedicate a lot a lot of time to it. So. Um, very sympathetic to to what that's like, but just uh, at the same time, it's it's it's. I feel a little cheated that we don't get to know these guys as well as you know as we'd probably like to at times. But um, obviously, understandable. So, where are you? Where do you live now, or where are you living in the United States, or going to live? What are, what are your plans for uh, for uh, you know setting up setting up shop? I'm homeless at the minute in the U.S. I'm moving hotel to hotel and rent car to rent car. So <laughs> it's been. I'm look, I think I'll be moving to Dallas. I feel like that's just been the most convenient because this year I've been spending a lot of time at Airbnb. So um, I just for me, not knowing where my next event was going to be, that was always the place to stay. And if I get a late phone call, I can just take a straight flight, you know, and not, not no stopovers and stuff. So Dallas is going to be the spot. There's a lot of international flights, obviously a straight flight back to back home in Korea. So um, and it's Dallas is, was really, really cool uh, because there's a really good commu Korean community there as well. So um, I think that's going to be my spot. So if anyone's uh, looking forward to hit me up, just, you know, hit me up in Dallas. I'll be, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's interesting. I always wondered like what, how, you know, if you could kind of pick anywhere, where would you want to go? And uh, that's an interesting, uh, interesting thought point here that uh, you know, most people end up in, in, you know, Scottsdale or Jupiter or Dallas. And it seems like, uh, you know, selfishly, I wish more guys would be up near Jacksonville, but that seems like uh, <laughs> this. Hey, did you play the players this year or will this be your first players next year? This is going to be my first players. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool. All right, man. Well, we're going to let you go. I greatly appreciate your time. I know you got a lot, a lot, a lot going on in the last several weeks and months. And uh, I know you are probably due for a little rest here after this crazy stretch of golf. But wh where will we see you this fall? Well, obviously, the President's Cup is, is going to be my first event. And I think I'll be making my start Shriners 
um, and then Zozo and then CJ Cup. So I think that's what the schedule looks like. You know, I got to go back home to do some visa stuff and, you know, to be full time out here. So hopefully I'll be able to play a lot more. To be honest, I was planning on to play as much as I can in the fall, but um, obviously situations are are looking tough. So um, hopefully, you know, but I'll be, I'll be there at the President's Cup. So hopefully I can see a lot of you guys, you know, a lot of guys out there. And uh, hopefully, are you going to be there? I don't think so as of now. Maybe even the early part of the week, but uh, we. Long story short, we need to do our shows from home mostly at the big events. So we'll be doing right. nightly shows though. Talking about. Okay. It. I'm actually going to be in Korea for in uh, in October. We're going to the BMW the LPGA event uh, there. So we're going to be. I've been there. Been to, been there once. I went to the CJ Cup in 2017, the first time they had it, and uh, and uh, looking forward to spending a little more time in Seoul and and the surrounding areas. Have you ever played uh, uh, Whistling Rock in, in Korea? No, I'm not actually. Oh, it's about maybe 90 minutes east of Seoul. It's Google it when we get when we get off the phone here. It's one of the most outrageous golf courses you'll ever see. But um, have you been down to South Cape or or Nine Bridges or any of those courses? Nine Bridges, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Nine Bridges being being a CJ player, yeah. I've I've had the uh, opportunity to play, and it's a great place. You know, Korea has a lot of good places, and I haven't lived in Korea a lot, so I haven't had the chance to play all the courses. But we do have some special places, so. Have some fun, man. Well, we I was faking that I was going to let you go. I do want to ask you, tell me about Korean golf culture. Because at least my experience and takeaway was it is very, very different than uh, than what I'm used to in the U.S. There's a lot of screen golf. There's a lot of driving ranges. And there's exclusive, exclusive, expensive clubs has been what I've experienced to this point. What can you tell us about Korean golf culture? I mean, Korean fans, you know, we Korea golf is really, really big in Korea. You know, that's, um, and hopefully, you know, like the President's Cup back in Korea. Hopefully, we'll have that one soon. And Korean fans are missing the PGA Tour, man. Like it's 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 um they they want to see like guys like Jordan, JT, and those guys. So um, Korean golf is it's it's something different. You know, it's very advanced. You know, we got got we got we got ranges at undergrounds like in the bottom of the parking lot that are just like ten yards long with nets. That's how how crazy it is, and it's hard to find a spot too. Really. So it's it's crazy. You got like screen golf again. That's a really big thing. I'm like a 90 handicap, I think. I shoot around 90 to 85 there. <laughs> so not very good. So I have a lot of amateurs who can kick my butt. So, uh, but yeah, Korea is, Korea is definitely something special. Well, we'll send you a full report when we're done with that. But uh, right, greatly perfect. appreciate you spending some time with us. Best of luck the fall and the, and the President's Cup and into next year. And we uh, look forward to seeing you have many successful years on the PGA Tour. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate Cheers. it. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most.